Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. What's in a name? Today we're exploring that question. We're throwing out some questions to you. Hope that you'll respond via email or uh, phone. We're asking you, what do you think of your name? What was your thought process in naming your children? Are there names that are passed down in your family? Have you ever wanted to change your name? And if so, did you? What's the most unusual or distinctive name you've encountered? How does your name affect you? And how do you think your name is perceived? Our guest for the hour is Jennifer Mansfield. She teaches in the USU's English department. Her master's thesis, It's Ray Lynn with a W, Distinctive Mormon Naming Practices, uh, explores cultural themes at work in Utah naming culture. We're going to ask, what do the names we give our children say about culture and about the values that uh, parents hold? Uh, so Jennifer Mansfield, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's um, l- let's jump right in with a sound clip here. This is something that uh, you have mentioned in in interviews, I, I believe, um, a Saturday Night Live skit. And uh, when Mitt Romney ran for president, um, of course, he's going to be fodder for parody. And one of one of the things that Saturday Night Live pointed out was uh, his extensive progeny, um, male progeny, he has a bunch of sons. Yes. And uh, so let's hear just a bit of this Saturday Night Live skit. Mitt Romney's adult sons. Hello, Shepard. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Well, I'm Taggart, and I'm the logical one. I'm Tanner, I'm the practical one. I'm Tigget, I'm the sensible one. I'm Targalak, I'm the reasonable one. And I'm Tic Tac, I'm the rebel. <laughs> yeah, Tic Tac, they're all they're named T, right? They're all T Which names. is not true in real life. Uh, only one has a T name, I think. In, tag. Uh, tag, yeah. Tag. There's Josh and... Luke. I mean, they're yeah, very... Some, some others, kind of standard names. Yes. Uh, but what do you think Saturday Night Live was saying here in this? I think they were picking up on something that other people have noted before, and that is this distinctive Mormon naming phenomena. And I don't know if it's just because Mormons have such big families. You know, with Mitt Romney, he's got such extensive progeny, as you pointed out, that it is remarkable when you've got Altees, even though Mitt Romney himself does not. Right. Uh, and I have encountered families in you know Mormon country where everybody, all the kids are named with the same letter, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's some other things going on in that skit. There's the, the 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 sons were portrayed as a little bit creepy, I think, because they're all replicas of each other. Replicas of each other, and and uh, you know, they're they're all so darn decent, you know. And it's, it's kind of <laughs> some of the criticism in parody of Mormons is, I guess, you know, complimentary. It is absolutely that Tic Tac is the rebel, even though he's not at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so tell me a bit, what, what were you trying to, to get to in, in your master's thesis? Uh, by the way, I, I love the title. It's Raylin with a W, Distinctive uh, Mormon Naming Practices. You know, I have to credit my husband for that one. He came up with that, and I thought, genius, that's the best name we could use. <laughs> um, what I initially went into it with, honestly, I, I expected to find this as this, some strong indicator of Mormon identity. And I think that was my only expectation. Other than that, all I knew was that people had noted this, but nobody had analyzed it. That we've got the Clarks who have their Utah Baby Namer website. We've got Jessie who comes out with her Rexburg report on baby names. We've got people who have noted this, who have observed it, but nobody who has analyzed it. So I went into it thinking, well, maybe I should analyze this and see if I can come up with anything. Mm. Uh, let's play another sound clip here. Um, this is, I'm not sure who these are. There's some young women having a lot of fun on YouTube this is a great with, one. with distinctive uh, Mormon uh, or 
Utah in this case, uh, naming uh, practices. Let's uh, and just picture this. We'll do, we'll just hear part of the clip. Uh, the visual is very good. That the hair gets bigger as the as the clip goes along. Let's hear part of this. Can you tell us your name and where you're from? My name's Honesty, and I'm from Pleasant Grove, Utah. Can you spell that for us? P L. No, no, your name. A U N I S T E E. My name's Kinsley. I'm Emerson. My name's Michelle. Skyly. Sarah. Bailey. Haley. I'm Elizabeth. Tasman. Ashlyn. I'm Aspen, and I'm from Spanish Fork. Angel. My name's Brinley Brielle. Um, I'm the oldest of 11 children. Lindsay. Scotland. Reagan. My parents were really into the letter B. I have a sister named Brooklyn. Boston. So that's just part of the the, and you can find that on on YouTube. So that's uh, examples of uh, some of the names. I, I love the one, the opening one, honesty, A U N. You know, the hallmark. The hallmark, yeah, uh, distinctive spelling. Uh, so what are what are Mormon parents trying to to go for with distinctive spelling and kind of different names? Of course, it's hard to you know paint everyone with a broad brush here, but. I think a lot of it is parents are striving for uniqueness. They're striving for that individuality. They're striving to give that to their children, whether or not they have a name that is individual, I suppose. Now, you found, I think you said you found uh, six. Uh, there might be some more or less, but you identified uh, six naming patterns. Yes. Take us through those. We've got creatively spelled names, which I think get some of the most attention because they are so striking when you see them, like honesty with an A. You've got combination names, which I think have the longest history with Mormon naming. You know, if you go back 100 years, 150 years, you've got the all of the law names, L-A combined with some other suffix. So you have Liddell and Lavelle, who are, I think, former, each of those are former uh, USU coaches, also BYU coaches. Yep, you can find them on the doors around the campus. That's right, yeah. These are men, you know. Go ahead. Um, Oh, family naming. You know, and I think that's not unusual for anyone, but the way that Mormons do it in combination with these other categories I think is unusual. We've got... Um, Let's see, I'm going to pull it up here. Um, Those are the ones that I look at the most. Yeah, let's see. Oh, religious religious, naming. Religious, right. And that's not exclusive to Book of Mormon names, but religious objects, religious places, and religious characters. So the most obvious would be Book of Mormon, so Moroni, Nephi, Elmer, Tiancum. Yeah. Uh, But you mentioned before we went out of the air, Drummer. Drummer. There was a woman I met who had a little boy named Drummer after the little drummer boy. Okay. And his little sister was Zion, with a Y. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so religious, but not perhaps in the sense that you would think. Yes, and prophet naming, you know, things like that after religious figures. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the obvious would, would be Book of Mormon names for, for Mormon uh, um, children. But I think one of the things you found is that some Mormon parents want to get away from that. And they, they, in doing that, they think they're being unique, but they're not. Right, because Book of Mormon names are the obvious choice, and they don't want that. They don't want the common choice. So they go with something else. They reach a little bit further. They name their child after temples. They name their children after 
you know, prophets. We've got Hinckley's and Monson's, and they also like to take those names and alter them, either spell them differently or maybe change the suffix or the prefix slightly, like Conklin after McConkie. You know, the inspiration is still that religious name, the religious person, but they don't want it to be McConkie, so they change it to Conklin. Mm. Uh, another strain of this is uh, parents want to use certain names, but they don't want their kid to be like everyone else, so they spell it differently. And that's gotten, I want to say worse and worse. That's a judgment. <laughs> that's a judgment. It's, it's gotten more intense. It has gotten more intense, and I think part of that is because that is not a sentiment shared exclusively by Mormons. I think everybody has kind of gotten to the point where they think, oh, maybe I'll spell it a little differently. Therefore, Mormons have to try even harder to make sure that it is spelled uniquely. It seems kind of like a safeguard where if the name itself becomes popular, at least their particular spelling of that name will not become popular. What are some examples? One example is in the title of your thesis, Ray Lynn. So W-R-A-L-Y-L-Y-N-N. Yeah. Ray Lynn. Which is definitely unique. Is there, are there problems, do you think, you know, um, could be pushback or, or does... There's so many unique spellings that it's just become sort of accepted. You know, that's a good point. I think now nobody is safe to assume because even with my daughter's name, people ask me all the time, okay, and how do you spell that? And it's traditionally spelled. It's a traditional name. But people always seem surprised, and they mention, it's actually kind of funny, I've heard before how unique it is that my daughter has a traditional name with a traditional spelling. Mm-hmm. And so I think now there is kind of that expectation. You never know how to spell a name. You mm-hmm. better you better ask. Right. Uh, even more so now, you have to ask. You have to ask. Yeah. By the way, people will be wondering, what did you name your daughter? I named my daughter Camille. And her middle name is Karen, after a cousin. And the only reason that that is significant is because it is Karen with two R's, because named after a Karen with two R's, who is named Karen with two R's because it is a maiden name through her father's side that she was named. Again, not named after her paternal grandmother's first name, but given her paternal grandmother's maiden name. Hmm. And so we've retained that spelling for our child. Right. So you weren't, you, you did take this from a family. Oh, yes. A family member. Yes. Yeah. And if she had been a boy, she would have been named after her her grandfather, but again, not exactly. We would have altered it. We would have added a suffix to okay. it before. So so you're following this impulse. You want to make it a little bit unique. You know, I, I do, and it's funny because even though I'm aware of these trends and I can think about it when talking about names with my husband, it was, well, yeah, but I don't really like the name Morris. What can we do to make that more appealing? Oh, I know. Let's make it Morrison. Okay. Yeah. Uh that brings me to a, a point. It's usually naming a child is, uh, you know, along with many things in marriage, it's a compromise, right? It's there's Absolutely. A, there's a process. Usually um, you don't, you know, husband or wife doesn't get to do, no. it, do it alone. Though I'm sure you've heard the jokes and maybe even the stories about the husband at the last minute blessing the child in church with a name that is different than the one that they've picked out together. So explain this for non-Mormons. This is a distinctive Mormon naming ceremony. Ceremony, Basically. And again, most cultures or religions have some sort of welcoming ceremony for 
babies or even naming ceremonies. And in the LDS church, that is, you go to church six to, I think you can, I don't know if there's a limit, typically about six to eight weeks after the baby's born. You take him to church. The father takes the baby before the congregation and gives that child a name and a blessing. And there's usually what they call the Simba moment, where then they hold the baby up for the congregation to see. And usually there's, you know, family comes, people gather. There's often food afterwards for the family and friends Mm -hmm. that have gathered. But it's the husband that does that on his own. You know, he does it with other male members of the family or friend circle. And so the wife isn't really involved in that process. Mm -hmm. Simba moment. I haven't thought about it but it is a Simba moment right? <laughs> and from now on in church I'll be I'll be thinking about Lion King so, every time the baby's presented right. so thank you very much for that um, so there there is a negotiation that goes on uh, you know and uh, I, I don't know was there any of that with you and your husband with your absolutely and in fact she ended up with Camille because at the time I didn't have much else to offer and I didn't mind the name but I wasn't sure how I felt about it it was mm-hmm. Okay, and it was important to me. The person we named her after is very important to me. Mm-hmm. But I wondered, like everybody else, we named her after a living relative. So the confusion between the two Camilles I was concerned about, but I didn't have a good alternative. So she ended up Camille, and it's perfect and I love it, but we're already in negotiations. Not even having a second child, we've already started negotiations mm-hmm. for the second right. one because it's a very long process. And I've seen I've seen those negotiations happen. Uh, some couples, you know, give each other a certain amount, number of vetoes. Um, you know, what was that like with you and your husband? There was no limit on the vetoes. Okay, so <laughs> it was a very long process, mm-hmm. and we joke all the time. My husband does not feel impartial about anything. He loves it or hates it. Mm-hmm. And so we, we went through a lot of vetoes, yeah. a lot of vetoes. I guess it's, it's, it's good to have two people putting their heads together, right? But uh, sometimes the, the end result seems to me, and I guess this is a judgment again, uh, sometimes names can be too cutesy. And then when the kid grows up. And that honestly was a huge motivator. That was the one thing that I took away from this having written the thesis and the naming a child, I was very aware of the cutesy factor because having a daughter, it was very important to me that she had a strong name, that she had a name that would serve her well as an adult. And I don't know, and I know the people make the name, and I know that that's true and that Taisley might be an excellent lawyer someday. But I wanted her to have a name that would not stop her from doing anything. And again, that sounds like a judgment, like a name would stop you from doing anything. And I don't know that that's true, but I wanted her to have a strong name. I really wanted her to have a strong name because I felt like that was something that was missing from a lot of people that I talked to. Mm -hmm. They were not concerned about the strength of their daughter's names. Mm. And uh, strength is a perception, right? That's a judgment call. Absolutely. A a strong name to you can be different to another person. Although I do agree with you. I, I don't know. I'd I'd have a little bit of an initial problem hiring a lawyer named Taisley. Right. Even I had a doctor. There's a doctor in town named Tandy. And I thought, Tandy, you're a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. Not, you know, irreparable, right? No, of course not. If I found that Taisley, the lawyer, was very skilled, then I think I'd go forward. But absolutely, I'd have that initial moment. Right. Um, and, and that changes over time, right? Uh, there, oh, yeah, trends. There's, there, there are definite uh, trends. And, and parents, I think, 
participate in trends by trying to counteract trends, right? There, it's in an yes. odd way. In, in a funny way, mm. there's that negotiation between the trend and trying to do something that is anti-trend, which then becomes the new trend. Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about names that are perceived as strong, there are a few sounds that researchers have found that people perceive as strong versus cutesy. And some of those are like the, the E, the long E sound on women's names. When it ends in a long E sound, there is that perception that it's not as strong as a name that ends in even a consonant, mm, okay. for example. Right. And I think that's the most extensive naming research as far as tastes. Mm -hmm. Ellen Lieberson did a really good job on that. But. Right. Um, so uh, you said you wanted uh, your daughter to have a strong name. So you want you want the name to influence her. I do. That's a motivation, right? Absolutely. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think most parents take naming seriously. And that is something that I respect. I was... I think I maybe talked to one person who said, well, it's just a name. It's not a big deal. I think most people took it very seriously, took naming seriously, because there is this idea that your name influences you. Like your name, when you're named after somebody, there's that connection. There's that expectation. And it does get to identity, right? Absolutely. Um, uh, so, for example, you know, famous examples, um, transgendered individuals who, who then, you know. Yeah, Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn. Caitlyn. Um, and and, and that's, that's now part of that identity. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, you, have, have you encountered people who have been dissatisfied with their name? Absolutely. Changed it later in life? <laughs> it's more, I've honestly found more people who are dissatisfied with the name they give their children, and then they change their child's name within the first year or two. Oh, so the parents the change parents their minds. The parents change the name. Okay. Yeah. Because I haven't, because mostly where I'm concerned with the people bestowing the name, I haven't talked to the bearers of those names quite as much. And so I haven't talked to anyone who has grown up and said, I really hate the way my name is spelled. Let's change it. But I have talked to parents who have given their children's names and then thought, oh, no, I've made a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's fix this while we still can. Do you remember examples of what Silly parents were dissatisfied ones. with? Um, Samuel was too common. They changed it to Samson. Really? Yeah, Jeffrey, too common. Jefferson, you know, they've mm. just those little tweaks that make it. I think there's one, the most significant one was they named their daughter Victoria and then changed it to Summer. Really? Victoria was too heavy. Hmm. I, I think that'd be good combination, you know, first and second name, Victoria Summer. <laughs> right? That, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. And yeah. most people see middle names as well. Mm -hmm. If they hate their first name, they can always go by their middle name. Yeah. yeah. It's that good safeguard. Right. Yeah, I have a brother who uh, my parents very proudly gave him a, a Welch, you know, name of Hugh, which is not not very common, but he goes by David is it because <laughs> he preferred that, at least as a young man. Um, I don't know. I haven't talked to him lately, you know. To, to see whether he now thinks he was, I think it's great because it connects to Welch Heritage. Right, it's a nice name. Yeah. It is interesting to see, though, how your feelings about your name change from when you're a child to when you're an adult. Yeah. Because I know that I've heard of people who say, oh, I hated spelling my name as a kid, but as an adult, it's great because I'm the only one. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell this story. Um, Hugh is an excellent name when you're screening for, um, uh, you know, for... Robocalls or for sales calls, <laughs> uh, because they some it's not as common a name. Well, I don't think it ever was very common. It's not super common. But it's certainly in in Swiss population they don't know the name. So if my brother gets a call for hug, <laughs> he 
Because it's, it's spelled H-U-G-H, of course. <laughs> then he just says, well, hug isn't home. You know, he, he knows this number. isn't, you got the wrong number. <laughs> so, yeah, hug. Very useful. So I, I like to call him hug now. Um, let's uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk more about names. We're, we're throwing out some questions to you. We want to know what you think of your name. Um, what was your thought process in naming your children? Are there names that are passed down in your family? I want to get to talk about, after the break, uh, you encountered a, a lady named Celestial. Yes, I did. Uh, and she talks about how that in, influenced her life, as I'm sure her parents hoped it would. Um, have you ever wanted to change your name? And if you wanted to do that, what uh, did you? Uh, what's the most unusual or distinctive name you've encountered? How does your name affect you? How do you think your name is uh, perceived? We're treating those questions uh, with uh, Jennifer Mansfield. Her uh, thesis, master's thesis, is It's Ray Lynn with a W, Distinctive Mormon Naming Practices. But uh, whether you're in the Mormon culture or not, we want to know about your name and how you're naming your kids. What does it mean? The number is 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story. I believe we have a call. This is uh, Barbara and Hiram. I'll alert you to put on your headphones, uh, Jennifer. So, uh, Barbara, uh, glad you called. Go ahead. Uh, hi, I'm Barbara, named after an aunt. But I've al- I always thought my name was a horribly old-fashioned name. But oh. now that I'm old, it's okay. Okay. Uh, but anyway... Um, <laughs> Our criteria for children's names was that the kindergarten teacher would know the gender and how to pronounce the name on site, because there were so many cutesy names at the time that they were just, well, we thought they were awful. Anyway, but then we have a, well, remember the Paul Simon song, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover? Well, we have a notebook that has... 50 Ways to Leave Your Lever. We, <laughs> we collect names that just make us howl. Um, lots of them are from um, either wedding announcements or obituaries, but the La names were a total new thing to me. I, I just had never heard any of them. But anyway, so we have fun with this notebook collecting names that, that um, we find very funny. And, you know, people name them. And then when we get new babies... I say, oh, that's a combination of the mom's name and the dad's name, and we try to figure out why they would come up with these names. So naming is fun. It's an it's a fun activity. It, it is, Barbara. Before you, we let you go, uh, do you mm-hmm. remember any of the other names in your in your notebook there? Oh, we actually did found even before Napoleon Dynamite, we found a La Fonda <laughs> in an obituary. Okay, all right. And um, so I mean, they're just, and then. Um, um, a new one to us was a baby named Stetson in a church ceremony, so in a Simba ceremony, as you're now calling it. <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, they're just fun things to be aware of. Yeah, and you said, Barbara, that's interesting. You said you, you used to think your name was old-fashioned, but now you've uh, now, grown now into you're, it. Now you've grown into it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I, was, when I was born, or when I was in elementary school, there were always three or more Barbaras in my classroom. So I was always had to be, be called the Barbara by, by the last initial. But now I don't find very many Barbaras. They've either died of embarrassment or changed their name or something, but I don't <laughs> mind it now. I was going to say, did you mind it growing up? Was it a trial well, for you to be Barbara seemed, 3 I mean, or whatever? There were Jennies and there were Cathy's, and mine was seemed to be a little stuffy and old, you know. But, um, but I don't mind it now. Hmm. And like I say, there aren't very many of us around. 
Yeah, I think Barbara's a good, good, strong name. Yeah. Um, but that is interesting, a perception, the way you perceive your name right. over time. Right. Yeah. When I was in, when I lived in a place where the culture was, was typically Hispanic, I had a teacher who just thought my name was horrible because apparently in Spanish, barbara means <laughs> barbarian, and, and she just figured that I was not very barbarian-ish, so she didn't like my name there, but I didn't, I didn't last with her more than a semester, so it didn't matter much. <laughs> right, right. Well, th- thank you, Barbara. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate that. It, it is it is kind of very if you move from culture to culture, you know. That's, Absolutely. That, that would be interesting. I have a Hispanic friend, a Mexican friend, who um, he he calls me Tom and Jerry. Ah, uh-huh, Tom and Jerry. Hey, Tom and Jerry. That's that's how what he calls me. He's he's a he's a fun guy. Uh, that's just parenthetic. Let's uh, go to our next caller, who is Gail from uh, Brookside, who's also on the phone. Uh, Gail, uh, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hello. So um, I have an interesting name for my daughter, my middle child. Um, I wanted to have my sister's name in it somehow, but I didn't want to name her Jennifer. Her middle name is Lynn. I wanted my best friend to be part of it. Her name is Kim, but I didn't want to name her Kim, but she played the mandolin. So I played, I, I made my daughter's name Amanda Lynn. Uh-huh. Amanda Lynn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Combination of Amanda and, and mandolin. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's the mandolin because my friend played the mandolin, and it's my sister's middle name, Lynn. How do you spell that, Amanda Lynn? Um, Amanda, A-M-A-N-B-A, and her middle name is Lynn. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. so not one, one word, two yeah. words. <laughs> since, since you mentioned mandolin, I was I was picturing, you know, A with mandolin. Uh, <laughs> no, two different names, but it sounds like mandolin. But it, but it sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. What, how how old is your, uh, your daughter now? 30. Th- oh, 30. And what, what does she think of her name? Oh, she loves it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's wonderful. It's very unique. Yeah. Well, well th- by the way, what do you what did you think of your name over over time? Have you always liked it? <laughs> um, I was named after my um, godmother. Her name was uh, Gail Kathleen. Apparently, my grandfather was in Ireland during a gale in Kathleen, an area called Kathleen, and he named his um, 14th child Gail Kathleen, and wow. I was named after her. Wow, fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> that's yeah. a great story. Yeah. That is. That's, and it's spelled G A Y L E, so a lot okay. of times it gets misspelled. But yeah. other than that, it's a good name. <laughs> it's wonderful. Have a have a wonderful story behind your name. It is. I'm I, sorry, I, I couldn't hear you. It, it, it's wonderful. It must be wonderful to have a, a wonderful story like that behind your name. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have a history of your name. Yeah. Well, Gail, thank you. You're welcome. Pre- appreciate thank the you. call. Have a great day. You too. Uh, we are asking you about your name. What do you think of your name? And uh, what was your thought process in naming your children? And uh, do you have family names that you passed down in your family? What's the most unusual or distinctive name you've encountered? How does your name affect you? And how do you think your name is perceived? Uh, we'd love to get your perspective, hear your story at 800-826-1495. 800-826-1495. You can also reach us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. Upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. We'll take a break. More following this. I'm Robin Young. Why do people open their wallets for nonprofits? We'll meet a donor and hear why he was inspired by this guy, Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Initiative. I don't believe our country should be a place where we execute innocent people, where we condemn innocent people, where we exclude and marginalize and discriminate against people because of their race or their poverty. Next time, here and now. Join us this morning at 11. 
on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Cash Arts presenting the summit, Manhattan Transfer Meets Take Six. Creators of Birdland, The Boy from New York City, and Spread Love. An evening of pop, jazz, and acapella at the Ellen Eccles Theater, Tuesday, November 15th at 7.30 p.m. Details at cashearts.org. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. We're asking, what's in a name? Exploring that question today, we're asking you, what do you think of your name? What was your thought process in naming your children? What was your motivation? What did you want to uh, have that affect them in their lives? Are there names that are passed down in your family? Have you ever wanted to change your name? And if so, did you? What's the most unusual or distinctive name you've encountered? And how does your name affect you? How do you think your name is perceived? Uh, What's in a Name is the program today, and we have with us Jennifer Mansfield. She teaches in USU's uh, English department, and her master's thesis is It's Ray Lynn with a W, Distinctive Mormon Naming Practices. But we're uh, exploring uh, Mormon culture, but also uh, beyond that as well. We want to know about your story. We're exploring cultural themes at work in Utah and naming culture and asking what do the names we give our children say about culture and about the values that uh, parents hold. So the uh, toll-free number, we'd love to hear your story, is 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495. Or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Um, uh, I think my parents are naming me Thomas. Um, they wanted to connect me to family. And so I'm the third in a line of Thomases. My grandfather's Thomas, my, my father, and myself. Um, and I think that has affected me. I think I've tried to be a good boy because I, in part because I didn't want to besmirch that name. And I, I think that's what, and I, I'm sure my parents, that was one of their motivations. <laughs> they hoped that they it hoped, would have an They hoped, on you, that's right, yes. That you're carrying a name that already has kind of a reputation built around it and that you would not ruin that reputation that's right, yeah. for the Thomases in the family. That's right. A lot of parents probably have, have that in the back of their mind. Absolutely, and they feel like... It's one way, like you said, to connect each generation to another. And that was honestly our motivation with Camille was connecting her to the other Camille, providing that connection that she can't change. You know, you're, you're connecting the generations together. Yeah. And beyond that, it's the, the kind of hope for that pressure to live up to a name. You know, that there is a very high standard set. I remember, as you mentioned, Celestial, I talked to her and she said that it did make a big difference being named celestial because in the LDS religion, the celestial kingdom is, you know, the highest level of glory. Your goal is to get to the celestial kingdom. And she said being named that was this constant reminder of where she was trying to go Hmm. and what she was trying to do. And so when it came time for her to name her children, you know, she named her oldest girl Himaya, which is the Sabuano word, I believe, for glory, you know, thinking Hmm. the same celestial glory. And she even mentioned when I asked her about her children's names, she said that Mormonism is not a Sunday religion. You know, it's a daily religion. It is a lifestyle religion. And it is something she wants to have. She wants it to be a part of her children that they can't shake. Hmm. So uh, her parents hit the jackpot, right? Absolutely. Had had an effect on naming her celestial, had the (laughs) effect they hoped it would have, I imagine. Exactly. She thinks about this and... And, and it affects she her life. Does. Yeah. Um, I guess it could affect you negatively as well. If you have a, if you have a name you don't like. I suppose I don't know, that's I don't true. Know. And there have been other 
studies done by people who aren't folklorists who have said that, yes, your name absolutely affects you more than you even realize. Well, let's go to our next caller, um, who I believe is Orion from uh, Moab. Uh, Ryan, uh, glad you called. Go ahead with your uh, question or comment. Well, I just was call- I just was calling in because I do have a distinctive name. Yes, you do. Um, yeah, not, there's not a lot of Orions out there. Right, right. What what did you what did you think growing up with, with that name? I've always enjoyed it. Um, it's always been, you know, it's been a good name. It's distinctive, it's, and I like doing it. The only biggest problem with it is I have to spell it for everybody, and everybody puts an apostrophe in it, thinking I'm Irish. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is like the constellation O R I O N. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. W- what have your parents told you why they named you that? Well, I think probably I was conceived under the stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Part of it. Yeah. And my dad's an avid hunter, and my mom is that. Yeah, my mom just liked the name, and they just went with it. And having a distinctive name, I'm, I'm sure, probably in each class growing up, you were the only Orion. Yeah, I've only ever met. One, uh, one other Orion in my life. I've heard tale of a few others, but yeah, there's not, I mean, there's more stuff named Orion than there are people, it seems like. There's yeah. lots of named yeah. Orion. There's, you know, that cat on Men in Black, all that kind of oh, stuff, yes. but um, no, I've definitely enjoyed having it as my name. It's kind of funny when you get a group of Ryans together and then I'm the Orion. <laughs> <laughs> right. And in that setting, you'd have to especially explain you don't have an apostrophe. Right, they would, exactly. They would, yeah, so, so Orion, yeah, that that is a great name. Thanks, Orion. Yeah, Thanks for calling. Pretty happy with it. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Uh, Orion called from uh, Moab. Uh, we'd love to hear your story. Uh, how were you named? What's the story behind it? How did you name your uh, children? What was your motivation behind the, the name that you gave them? Have you ever wanted to change your name? And if, if so, did you? What's the most unusual or distinctive name you've encountered? How does your name affect you? And what do you think you, your name, how do you think your name is perceived? Uh, we have Jennifer Mansfield with us. Um, she teaches uh, folklore and English in USU's English uh, department. And her master's thesis is uh, called It's Ray Lynn with a W, Distinctive Mormon Naming Practices. Um, and you can reach us at 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com is our email, upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. Uh, um, I imagine that... Uh, Naming trends are influenced by popular culture. Absolutely. Naming trends are influenced by so many things. But you can look even this year, Hamilton's popularity has led to, I mm. think, 140% rise in the name Theodosia. Oh, Theodosia. Theodosia. Right. <laughs> because of, of Hamilton, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I believe uh, I've heard that uh, Hermione, the, yes. the popular Hermione, went up with uh, Harry Potter. And so did Harry, not as much, but Ron and... I think even Albus and Alba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can trace some of those names directly to uh, popular culture. Mm-hmm. But there again, I, guess, I think you, I don't know if you have to be careful or not. I guess parents do try to be careful. And, but, uh, you know, uh, 30 years from now, if, if your daughter's named Theodosia, is you know, I, I guess you can tell the story. Difference. It goes back to Hamilton, right? Right. Well, the the funny thing is, you know, talking about people who have great stories, I kind of envy them their great stories. I've always liked my name, but I asked my mom why she named me what she did, and she said that it was her favorite actor on a soap opera she watched while she was pregnant with me. Okay. And I think, well, I mean, I like my name, but I I could have used a better story. There. Right. Right. Yeah. You wish you had a better story. Yeah. I like yeah. my name, but the story needs work. Right, right. Well, your your daughter has a good, you know. 
maybe you've improved it with your daughter. See, so, there we go. Yeah. Uh, here is uh, an email from Anita. Uh, she says, we named our daughter Jennifer because at the time it was a fairly unusual name. However, by the time she entered kindergarten, she had four other Jennifers in her class. Uh, so I want to pause there, uh, uh, Jennifer. Yes. Um, that happens, I'm sure it did. Uh, a lot of parents participate in a trend thinking they're unique, and then they realize after the fact, uh, we're part of a big trend. Oh, absolutely. People think, hey, I haven't heard the name Madison in a while. That's a great name. I'll name my child after, you know, James Madison, I think, originally. And then all of a sudden, it's everywhere. There are a gazillion Maddies. Uh, you could use a Y. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I just want to give credit to uh, Jesse Jensen. You referenced her. <laughs> uh, she, she puts out a yearly list, right? Uh, yes, she does. Uh, she's in Idaho, and, um, she's, and she says, why use vowels when Y exists? And she says it's actually the Idaho State motto, <laughs> that rule. So thanks for that, uh, Jesse Jensen. Uh, so let me go on with... Um, with Anita's email, Anita says, uh, we did not want to give our daughters middle names because for me anyway, it was always awkward using a middle name and a maiden name along with my married name. Uh, Jennifer had a middle name because she was named after a friend, but we uh, stuck to the rule for our second daughter. However, we had no more girls. So the second daughter always felt cheated because she didn't have a middle name. Then there's the problem of initials. One of my daughters, whose last name begins with C, named their baby Kendall Francis. They thought the initials were hilarious, KFC. <laughs> I worry about bullying in school. So even with best intentions, we never know how a name will affect us. So first of all, with, with middle names, um, my sisters, my, my brothers and I have middle names. My parents, I think for the reasons Anita talks about, didn't give my sisters middle names, and several of them have complained over the years. Why didn't you give us middle names? Well, and that's a very common thing. I know my best friend growing up didn't have a middle name. And so as a friend group, we gave her one. You know, when we were 16, we had a little ceremony and gave her a middle name mm -hmm. because we kind of resented the implication that we don't get our full names until mm -hmm. we're married. And I had a middle name, but a lot of my friends growing up didn't. A lot of the mm -hmm. girls growing up did not because of this idea that, well, you keep your maiden name when you get married and that becomes your middle name. Right. So you had a, a sort of an unofficial... We did. Ceremony. <laughs> gave her a middle name. Well, that's good. That's nice. We right? did. Yeah. And we, we named her, I think we gave her her middle name of her favorite singer at the time, mm -hmm. Faith. Faith yeah. Hill. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Now, that used mm -hmm. to be way back, and I think it, it's revived from time to time to time. Puritans famously named their daughters after virtues. You know, faith, yes. Faith, yes. temperance, hope, you know, all that. And, and you see those revived every once in a while. Um, and so, uh, and initials, I, I think you do, parents do have to think this through because I think it can be a problem if, you know, kids are notoriously unkind to each other sometimes. Oh, I was very, growing up, my initials were JRK, you know, one letter short of jerk. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to get married and change that, except now it's one letter short, I mean, germ. It's germ. It's JRM. Oh, so now I went from a jerk to a germ. Jerk to, there you go. Yeah. Uh, my sister Jane got a lot of uh, Where's Tarzan. Oh, yes. Which I'm sure she loved every time she heard that throughout uh, elementary school. Uh, so let's see. We have uh, Sina uh, next from Moab. Uh, Sina, glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment. Well, when I heard uh, my friend Orion calling, I thought, well, I could call too. <laughs> um, All right. Every time I say my name to somebody over the phone, I have to say it's Sina, S is in Sam, E-N-A. My dad's name was Sam. So that comes out and rolls right off. But it has an early Mormon pioneer um, oh, beginning. I'm named after my great-great-grandmother, 
whose name was Tina Jensen Taylor, and uh, her maiden name was Jensen with an S-E-N. And I'm, her, I'm told that the um, early Danish immigrants used Tina as a nickname, and it wasn't so uncommon back then. Um, and I think it came from the Danish, the Jensen, the Nielsen, that was the S-E-N instead of the S-O-N. Mm-hmm. And then... I, so it was named after my great-great-grandmother and found out when I was a little girl that my family had done research to find out that her real name was Nelsina, maybe some sort of a longer name on the Nelson, the the, the Sina instead of the son, um, male-female. And then uh, I thought that was really a big mouthful of a name, and I was glad that wasn't my name, but I did give it to my daughter for her middle name. And <laughs> yeah. her name is now Taylor Nelsina. Oh, interesting. So you gave you gave your daughter Nelsina. Yes. Yeah. That's just to int- keep it. Yeah. Just to keep it alive. Right. Well, that's interesting. It connects you to family. And yeah. It, did you like What's your name, girl? I tell my people, my people, my name is just another four-letter word. It's so simple, <laughs> like Tina or Lena or so many things. But to put a different consonant in front of four other ones you're regular hearing really throws people and has their whole life. And I pretty much have loved my name. It's been different and it's it's okay i'm happy and i've met a few others but not many mm-hmm. hmm. now now um are, are you friends with orion or are you just making reference yeah to him? You, you are you know him okay <laughs> yeah, I heard, yeah i heard orion on there and i'm like well i guess i could call in too have you have the two of you gone to uh, you know parties or functions together it's it's orion and cena and, and actually then you... you know what orion and his bride got married on our ranch so. oh okay oh. All right. But, you know, people know Orion and Cena. It's a common name down here. People don't, they just have known us as that for so long that you could call somebody Hambone, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. think anything different of it. <laughs> <laughs> something, something about the where you live there. Uh, Cena, glad you called. Thank you so much. Thanks. Uh, next up is Laura in uh, Thatcher, Idaho. Laura, uh, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I just wanted you to know I actually am a nurse in Logan, and I work with Tandy Olson, and he's an excellent doctor. <laughs> okay. As I assume. Even with that name. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, I um, just wanted to call because this is fascinating. I, being a nurse in the newborn area, I get to watch parents name their children. Oh, wow. And there are some doozies that I do here, and it's just a fascinating process to watch. But um, we, I, I've always kind of enjoyed the traditional names. Yeah, um, and so my children are Samuel, Daniel, you know, and they all are named after a family member. And we talk about that family member a lot, just like Thomas, Tom. And I think I think that is a good thing for them. But we we my husband and I managed to um, name by I got to choose the first name, and he got to choose the middle name, and that was okay. our that was our compromise. And he. Actually, I, I have loved the middle names he came up with. Um, we, our last name is McGregor. It's Scottish. And so our youngest son's middle name is Alistair because mm. he is a direct descendant of Rob Roy McGregor, and Alistair is one of his brothers. So, you know, each of the names has something interesting. I have one son whose middle name is after a river in Alaska, which probably had something to do with the Under the Stars Orion's um, <laughs> Coming to, of age, too, we're whitewater rafters, and we were on this river in Alaska. And it's his middle name is Alsek, A-L-S-E-K. Hmm. And I think he loves that. You know, his 
first name is Daniel, which is common, but his middle name is very unique. And he actually was serving a mission in Mexico when he got a new mission president from Alaska who recognized this unusual name and knew that he had had ties to Alaska because that's actually where he was born. So it's, it's, I think it's, um, naming is interesting. It's a lot of fun. I probably have the only husband ever, I don't know if I've ever heard of another man, who has no middle name. Really? His dad was a very practical farmer, and his grandfather's name was James Davis, and his great-grandfather's name was James Davis. And his dad said, I'm just going to call him Jim. I'm just going <laughs> to name him Jim. So his, his name is Just Jim. Just Jim. Jim. Just Jim. Just Jim. <laughs> just Jim. We yeah. have people call him Just Jim, sometimes <laughs> because he doesn't have a middle name. But I, it confounds so many people. And I also know if the wrong person is calling or if it's a robocall because they'll try to change it to James or a piece of mail will have some middle initial thrown in or something. But, yeah, he is... Probably one of the only people I know that men that does not have a middle name. Hmm. So, well, kind of interesting. <laughs> Laura, thank you. Very interesting. Appreciate the call. You're welcome. Uh, we go next to uh, Detina from Springdale. Um, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, I named all my children from characters and novels. And back in the 60s, um, I was reading The Lord of the Rings, and so I named uh, one Eowyn, one Strider. And as they got older, like 30 years later, then people knew who their names were, but not before (laughs) then, not until The the Lord of the Rings got famous. Mm -hmm. And then I named another one Tessa from Tessa the D'Urbervilles by Thomas Hardy. Mm-hmm. And then another one, Ethan, Ethan Frome, from the novel. And then the last one, Shay, from The Sword of Shannara. So hmm. you can tell what I was doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> did, what, did your, what did your children think of the names? Well, they liked them, except my, my oldest daughter, Eowyn. She always said she could tell in school when the teacher on the first day got to her name because they'd always pause before they said it. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a beautiful name, though. Yeah, it is, and it's been fun for them. I think mm. they've, you know, read all those books to their children, and so they have fun. Oh well, wonderful. That's I'm glad you shared your story. That's those are some distinctive names. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for that. Uh, we have an email. Uh, this is from Jess. Uh, Jess says, uh, growing up in southern Utah, I encountered a set of twins, Arlen and Linar. Still can't tell them apart. In an attempt to be quote-unquote Mormon uh, original, we named our first child Michaela Jail. Uh, so M apostrophe uh, K-A-L-A, and then Jail is J-A-E-L. Thanks for the uh, the show. Great listening. So that's, uh, that's yeah, twins. Sometimes people get... A, I, to my view, a little too cutesy with twins. They get carried away. Yeah, and so Ar- Arlen and Linar. See, and I think that would just add to the confusion of having twins in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and and as uh, Jess says, she still can't tell apart. You know? <laughs> um, so Michaela Jail. So that's that's unique. That is unique. I honestly yeah. pictured it jail with an I mm-hmm. yeah. when you first said that. So, yeah, and, and per- perhaps Jess pronounces it 
a little differently. I don't know. Right. But uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. interesting. Apostrophe uh, there. People get really clever, especially Mormons. I think they get very creative with that apostrophe. Yeah. Um, you see it in African-American culture as well. The, mm. the you know, sort of um, some unique, unique names as well. Um, one article that I was reading was based on your um, uh, on your work, and I don't know who came up with the uh, with the headline. Uh, Odd baby names show Mormons are unique, like everyone else. Yes. I guess every culture uh, has has their um, quirks. Oh yeah, every culture has their own distinctive. Just like they all have their own baby naming ceremonies and welcoming ceremonies, and any other culture, they have their own naming patterns. Some more distinctive than others, mm-hmm. and. For Mormons, I think they've long been recognized as having this distinctive naming pattern. But what's interesting is that the culture most similar to Mormon naming patterns is African-American culture. And no one has yet been able to figure out why that would be. There have been some theories that it's because both groups are minority groups and therefore may feel threatened that their identity is you know at risk and so they name their children these distinctively cultural culturally distinctive names but i don't know that that holds water because in utah that's where you find the most of these names is where there are greater concentrations of mormons so it's not really a threatened identity so i'm not i'm not sure why but it is interesting that the closest resemblance is the african-american community yeah interesting and it's sort of um sort of chicken and egg isn't it in terms of identity you know um who you are so it would sort of color your name, right, or how people perceive your name, but but it also can work the other way Absolutely. around. Like who who makes the name? Does the name make you or do you make the name? Right, right. What do you think? I honestly have no idea. Mm. And after doing all this research, I think I don't think that for most people the name will negatively impact them. I feel like most people who are going to do something good are going to do something good and great, whether or not their name allows it. But whether we like it or not, people do make judgments like we talked about. When you're reviewing law school applications, people are making snap judgments. When you're sending in your resume, all of those things, people look at your name and, for better or worse, make a judgment call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder, she's grown now, but Moon Unit Zappa. Right, we should talk to Uh, her. I I don't know if she ever applied to law school or anything. (laughs) But yeah, that would be... You'd, you'd make judgments based on that, wouldn't you? Right, because I would think, I mean, they talk about how, I mean, yes, these people with these names, they're not, they did not name themselves with the exception, of course, of Peekaboo Street, but they don't name themselves. And so you wonder about their parents. But even so, how often are we judged on the merits of our parents? Mm-hmm. Peekaboo Street named herself? She did. That's the story that I heard when oh, she was okay. four. She was given the choice to name herself and she chose oh. Peekaboo. Wow, really? Yeah. Well, that's Quite unusual. Because Quite I, unusual. I, I think our assumption is you're too young to name yourself. Yeah, most of the time we consider it a heavy enough process with enough responsibility that we don't let children name themselves. Yeah, uh, there are people who are dissatisfied with their names later in life, and uh, we talked about transgendered individuals, but but others as well. Um, I have a, a family friend who used to be Betty Joe, and renamed herself Cassandra Tyler. Wow. I guess she wanted to go for more. 
exotic, perhaps, and felt that Betty Jo was just too, I don't know what her thought process was, but she legally changed her name. That's very interesting, because you find people who go, you know, Robert, who used to go by Bobby, decides to go by Bob or Rob or Bird. I mean, you find people who go by their middle name, or they start asking to be called by their initials. But I think it's more unusual that people go that far to change their name that extremely, and I don't know if that's practicality speaking or something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just have a, a minute left. Uh, what's what's your takeaway from talking to so many Mormon parents? Is who you interviewed? It's so fun, and mostly I think a lot of it too is I gained a greater respect for people because it's one thing to laugh at these names when you're looking at them in a collection, and it's one thing when you you know they're good fodder for jokes and things like that. But it's different when you meet these people and you talk to them and you kind of get that inside look at their process and how seriously they took the naming process. And so I think for me, it was like this reminder that there really is no accounting for taste. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's in the, the eye of the beholder or the, right, the ear right. of the beholder as well. Yeah. We'll leave it there. A very interesting uh, conversation and uh, appreciate all the response. Uh, and obviously, I think we do think a lot about our our na- you know, we go long stretches while thinking about our names, but sometimes we do focus on it and, and wonder about the meaning. Um, and uh, so we've been talking with Jennifer Mansfield. She teaches in the USU's English department, teaches the English, English and folklore. Her master's thesis is It's Ray Lynn with a W, Distinctive Mormon Naming Practice. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Tomorrow we're going to uh, have a debate, uh, not a formal debate. We're going to have a, a vigorous discussion, I'm sure. Um, should Cash County create a cash water district. That be on your ballot, and uh, we're going to perhaps help you make up your mind which way you should go, yes or no. That's tomorrow on the program. Thanks for listening today. You're listening to Utah Public Radio, statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, also heard at upr.org.